0: Didn't our kids do great? Isn't it fun to be led in worship by our children? Great job, guys. Hey, you can help me just a little bit more because I want to remind our parents and the adults in the room about some parts of speech and some grammar. So let's do a grammar lesson. Who knows what a noun is? Yeah, you, James. A person, a place, a thing, or an idea. Now, I learned person, place, or thing because I guess we didn't have ideas back when I was a kid. Um, What about an adjective? Who can tell me? Yeah, Claire, what's an adjective? A word that describes or modifies a noun. Now, here's a tough one for you. The word for the day is executive. Who can tell me what executive means? Yeah, on the front row. Someone who's in charge of stuff. That's a pretty good definition. For executive as a noun, but I, I discovered something that executive as an adjective is a little bit different. So when my son Rob was in high school, he produced an album, he, he and a band, they sang on an album, and on the liner in the album, it says, Kevin Crosley, executive producer. <laughs> and I learned that that means not a real producer, Later, I got certified as an executive coach. And so, I tried my hand at leading Lucas's baseball team, only to learn that executive coach means not a real coach. And I started seeing that all around, executive as an adjective really diminishes whatever it's modifying. For example, I've played an executive golf course. It's not a real golf course. I've been in the executive washroom, which is just a sink that somebody put in a closet. And I've dined in the executive dining room, which is a conference room where they plugged in a mini fridge. I'm sorry, I forgot to introduce myself to you. My name is Kevin Crosley. I'm your executive pastor. I'm glad you like that because I was going to say something about the executive branch, but that seemed a little too contemporary for today. (laughs) Um, Let's go back and talk about executive coach. If executive coach is not a real coach, then what it actually is, is a paid professional listener. And we're talking about leveling up our listening. And so I want to share with you a quote about listening from one of the training manuals that I used called Coactive Coaching as I became an executive coach. And here's the, the quote up on the screen It says, To be listened to is a striking experience, partly because it is so rare. When another person is totally with you, they're leaning in, they're interested in every word, when they're eager to empathize, you feel known and understood. People open up when they know they're really being listened to. They expand. They have more presence. They feel safer and more secure, and trust grows. Now, I hope that you've had the experience of being deeply listened to. For about 10 years from junior high through college, I had that experience with a man named David Butler. He was a worker at the church in the youth group, and He paid special attention to me, and a couple times a week, we would go out and get coffee or go out and get a snack, and he would just listen. And my parents did a great job. They loved me, but they didn't really connect with my growing interest in religion and politics and science and all of those things that David would just sit and ask me questions and and listen deeply and in reflection, I realized that my life would have been a lot different if he hadn't engaged with me in that way. Listening can be a superpower. So I want to talk about leveling up our listening. And from that same manual on executive coaching, I want to talk about three levels of listening. But first, let's talk about level zero. Here's a picture of what level zero listening is, and I call it not listening. If you're holding this, you're not listening. Now, I know this because my family calls me on it on an embarrassingly regular basis. Family, I'm sorry. I'm doing better. I've learned that if I'm staring at the screen, I'm not paying attention. Now, let's talk about level one listening. Level one listening is called internal listening. And internal listening means that all of your focus and attention is really inside on what does the speaker's words matter to me? What does it do for me? And also, how am I going to respond? That's what you're thinking about is when do I get a chance? Level one listening often sounds like this Oh, you think that was scary? Well, one time I was rock climbing, and, right? You know when somebody is listening to you at level one, it's not very productive. Now, you sitting there while I'm up here talking, it's okay for you to be a level one listening. You're saying, how does this affect me? But when you're sitting one-on-one with somebody, I want to encourage you to level up to level two listening. Now, level two listening is when your focus and attention is on the other person. You're listening to their words, you're trying to understand them. The questions you ask are to draw them out and to understand more deeply. And that's level two listening. And you know when you're being listened to at level two. In fact, I think in Philippians, Paul talks about this kind of transition from level one to level two. In in Philippians verse two, or chapter two, verses three and four, he starts, he says, Don't be selfish, don't try to impress others. That's level one listening. It's selfish, it's focused on us. But he goes on and says, be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Do you feel that transition from level one to level two? Let me tell you briefly about level three listening, which the manual said is global listening. And it's now listening to the other person still focused on them but in the context of everything you know about them. That's what David did for me. He knew about my family and my friends and my work and my school and he put that all in that context. As Christians, we know that everyone we're listening to is created and loved by God. That everyone we're listening to is struggling with the effects of sin and the fall. That everyone we're listening to is an heir of the redemption and restoration that Christ provides. And that allows us to listen at the deepest level, at level three. I wanna encourage you to think about leveling up your listening. And once we listen deeply, it provides us an opportunity to start building others up. And building up is what Chad's going to talk about next.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin. What a great word on how we can level up by just listening up and listening well with others. I'm not going to talk about how we can level up by building up one another. And this is something that is very important because we see it's important in God's Word. God calls us to build up one another. Now, there are a lot of things in the Bible. There are a lot of things that we need to do individually that God calls us to to study His Word, and to pray, and to teach others about Christ and evangelize. But the Bible also tells us there are things that we're supposed to do to help other believers. And so, uh, I found this verse in the Bible that really, I think, does a great job of focusing on building up one another. Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So the author of Hebrews here is talking about motivating others towards, uh, to act to love and to good works, okay? Now, some translations, rather than the word motivate, we'll use the word provoke. That's a strong word, isn't it? Or stir up, or spur. But the idea here is that God has called all of us to help call others into action to what God wants them to do, okay? So, that's the concept of building someone up. Now, of course, being a children's pastor, you know I have to have like an object lesson. So, I hope you are okay with this. But I thought it would be fun to kind of show what this looks like, okay? So, I've got some helpers. If I could get my helpers, come. Um, Down to the front, I've got a bunch of blocks here, okay? And so, if we go back to Hebrews and we look at the verse— Um, to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, it says, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. So the first thing that we need to do, if I wanna build something with these blocks, boys and girls, I mean, if I wanna build something with them, do I just leave them where they're at? Is that gonna build something? What do I have to do? I have to bring them together, right? So can you guys help me out? Can you come up on stage? And can you put these blocks together? Haven't they been wonderful? Don't you just love seeing kids participate in worship? There we go. Okay. So, we'll put one more there. There we go. Okay. One down. Okay. Next one we can put up here. That's right. We're coming together, right? I got it. You got it? Okay. All right. Go ahead, Miss Lauren. You can put that down. All right, there you go. Put that on top. All right, Mr. Cunningham, you put this one right here on this blue. There you go. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, thank you, boys and girls. So one of the things that God calls us to do that is important, that really sets the atmosphere for us to build up one another, is we've got to meet together. And that is so important. That's kind of what we're doing here today, right? Coming together for worship creates a platform for us to build one another up. We need each other, right? We need each other. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched the Animal Planet or shows about animals when they're looking for prey, but what do predators do when they're looking for prey? They're looking for an animal that has gotten isolated and alone by itself. Okay? Because when we're isolated, we're no longer really protected and we become very vulnerable. So God's Word tells us that we need to come together as believers because that creates an atmosphere and a platform where we can listen, as Kevin just talked about, to know what's going on in your lives. And then with that, we can begin building up. Now, the next way— that this verse, this passage tells us in how we can build up one another is it says that we are to encourage, right? We, we need encouragement. Encouragement is what helps build. Now, some people, that's a gift. Anybody in here have the gift of encouragement? I mean, it just comes naturally. Some people have that gift. Um, it's not always easy, and especially in today's world, right? Because today's culture is not one of building up, is it? Today's culture is about tearing down. You know, people love to give criticism, tears down. People love to just say mean things, unkind words, to quarrel and to fight and to just um, pick on somebody's appearance or things. That is what the world does. It tears people down. That is not what God wants. God wants us to love one another. And he wants us to build one another up. And so one of the ways that we do that, we need to learn that everything we say has power. So God calls us to say kind words to one another. Amen? Kind words, positive words that build and uplift the spirit and help strengthen us. Sometimes, you know, the best thing that we can do is pray with or pray for somebody. Amen? I can tell you in my life, some of the most profound moments have been when out of the blue, someone would come in and say, you know, I was thinking about you, and I want to pray for you. And then they just put their arms around me and pray for me. And I felt so built up, and that just did such an amazing thing. And one of the other ways that we can help encourage one another is speak God's Word. using the Bible— I mean, it is the living word, right? It is powerful. And it has everything that we need to get through life. You know what? We need to go out of our way to put others first. You know, we we need to send cards or text messages. But anything that we can to show someone that they are loved. And so, boys and girls and church family, we need to be committed of doing things to motivate others that build them up, that strengthen them to do everything that God has called them to do. Amen? Now we're going to hear from Adam, who's going to talk about ways that we can level up by leading up. And so, thank you, Adam, for coming up.
2: This just looks like a lot of fun. Don't you want to come up here and just knock these over? Whoa, that one looked bad. (laughs) It was going for the keyboard. Hey, several years ago, I started a new job and I was really, really excited because I had a lot of ideas, a lot of neat things that I wanted to do. The problem was this, was this was some time ago and I was the youngest person there by a long ways. I was like 30 years younger than most of the people that were there before me. And they didn't listen to me very well. I had lots of cool things that I thought we were gonna get to do and lots of ideas on how we could make things better and nobody wanted to listen. In fact, one time I had a suggestion that I brought up that I thought was a great idea, and uh, I saw it happening in other places in the same industry, and I was told, don't bring that up here, and nobody wants to hear about that, especially from you, so just keep your mouth shut. I felt a little frustrated, because people weren't listening to me even though I thought I had some good ideas. Why? Because I was young, because I didn't have the right experience yet, because I didn't have the right title yet, and I thought to myself, if only I was older, if only I had more money, if only I had a better position, then maybe people would listen to me. Then maybe they would care what I had to say. How many of you ever felt that way? Anybody, show of hands, okay. Kids, have you ever felt that way? I see a lot of hands over here. Kids out there, have you ever felt like, I just wish my parents would listen to me more? How many kids, just be honest. How many kids are like, I wish my parents would listen to me more? You know, I'm probably guilty of that, right? I'm probably guilty of that. There he is, hand up high, standing, has two hands, there you go. <laughs> like, I wish you would listen to me more. I get it, I get it. We want people to listen to us more. And it was frustrating for me because I thought I had lots of good ideas and I'll bet you feel that way a lot of times too. Whether you are young or older, maybe it's because you don't have the right position, maybe it's because you haven't had the right experience yet and you're thinking, I just wish I could have more influence in this area. I wish I could do more. Really what you wanna do is you wanna lead. You wanna be able to lead in some way. You wanna have some influence. You wanna be able to communicate something and have people go, huh, that's a good idea. It starts with being a good listener, right? You want someone to be a good listener to you. And you want them to listen carefully to what you have to say. And it would really be encouraging if they would listen and then do what you want them to do. And that's, that's leadership. That's a part of leadership. You want to be able to lead. But it's frustrating when you have great ideas and you know that you can help make things better and people don't want to listen to you and people don't care what you have to think. People don't respect you because of your age or lack of experience or whatever it is. So that was me in my job, brand new employee, frustrated because I saw how things could be better, not just for what I was doing, but for a lot of what a lot of people were doing and no one wanted to listen or pay attention. And then I thought of my favorite verse. Okay, this was my favorite verse back then, growing up and as a teenager and then as a young adult is my favorite verse. I'll bet this is a lot of young people's favorite verse. It's 1 Timothy 4, 12. Paul wrote this to a young man named Timothy that he was mentoring. Now, Timothy was about 30 years old at the time, but Paul had put him in charge of this huge multi-site mega church in Ephesus. This was a big deal. The problem was not everybody was listening to Timothy. So even though Timothy was 30, and that's like 100 years away for some of you kids, it feels like, he still was young compared to a lot of the people in the church. And he felt it because even though he was supposed to be a leader there and Paul put him in charge there, some of the other people that were there did not want to listen to him. And they said, you're too young, you're too inexperienced. And so Timothy sent a message to Paul, his mentor who was a ways away. This was Paul's response. He says in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone think less of you or look down on you, some versions say, because you are young. Let me say that again so you guys can catch it, especially you kids over here and around there. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Doesn't that sound awesome? Don't you want to just write that down and put that in your back pocket and anytime somebody is not wanting to listen to you, you can pull that verse out and say, ah, the Bible says you can't think less of me because I'm young. Don't you want to have that with you? I mean, isn't that awesome? And I'll bet for the rest of us, we can think that in other ways. Don't let anyone think less of you because you don't have the right position or the right experience. Don't let anyone look down on you because of that. That sounds really good. Like, maybe I can just use that to get someone to pay attention and listen, and maybe get some leadership opportunity. Here's the thing. That is not what Paul had in mind. And we know that because we haven't finished the whole verse, and he explains it in the rest of the verse. Here's what he says in the rest of 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. And then he says, here's how to do that. If you want people to not think less of you, here's what you need to do. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. See, Timothy struggled with people looking down on him because he was young and not allowing him to have the influence or the leadership that he wanted to have. But Paul's answer was not for him to demand their respect. It was not for him to go out there and yell at them or nag them until they do what you want them to do. His answer, his advice was you want people to not look down on you because of your youth or your inexperience or your title or whatever it is? Be an example. See, being an example is the key. The way to stop people from looking down on you, whether you're a young or a teenager or a young adult or an adult, the way to stop people from looking down on you and having a lower view of you is to be an example. That is the key. Stop people from looking down on you by being an example, not by demanding respect. If you wanna see something change in your family, it starts by you being an example. Not by you nagging or whining about it. Not by you dropping little hints here and there. It starts by you being an example of what you want to see. If you want to see something change with your friends, it starts by you being an example to them. Not just sitting back and hoping someone else will do it. You need to start by being the example. If you want to see something different in your marriage or in your work or whatever it is, it starts with you being an example. There's a man named Gandhi who is famous for saying, be the change you want to see in the world. But 2,000 years before, the apostle Paul said, be the example before you try to see change, before you try to see someone take your influence. You have to be the example. See, so many times we respond to the obstacles that we face by just giving up or by getting angry or frustrated or being passive aggressive with people, trying to manipulate people to get what we want. And what Paul is saying here is that if you want to have some leadership, if you wanna have some influence, if you want some people to respect you, the very first place to start is by you being an example. So many years ago, I read that verse as I was struggling with this in this job and I realized I need to start by being an example. I'm not gonna expect them to listen to me anymore. I'm not gonna try to convince them. I'm not gonna try to show them that my way is the best way in an argument or anything like that. Instead, I'm gonna take what I can do, what I have control over in my life and in my job right now and I'm just gonna make it the best it can possibly be. And so that's what I did. And over the next couple of years, I worked hard and I prayed hard and I sought God's will and direction and insight. And over a couple of years, the whole, the whole uh, culture changed there to where now those same people that had been looking down on me a couple of years earlier were coming to me and saying, we wanna do what you're doing because it's working really well. It didn't happen because I argued. It didn't happen because I manipulated. It didn't happen because I nagged. It happened because I read this verse and I got convicted and I realized I need to start by being the example. And that is our advice for you, to be an example, to be an example to others so that you can have some influence, to be an example because that's where leadership starts. And I want you to think about where you would like to be able to lead more where you would like to be able to have more influence in your life, and whether you were a kid or a teen or a young adult or an adult, all of you have places where you wish you had more influence. It could be a marriage, it could be at work, it could be at home, it could be with your parents, it could be with your kids. I wish I had more influence. And I think if Paul were to speak to us, he would say, the key here is not to nag, whine, yell, manipulate, or fight. The key is to start by being an example. And an example of what? An example in what you say, the words that you use. We've heard about that already today. In the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity, in everything that you have control over. If you wanna influence and lead other people, if you want to lead up to other people that you don't technically have control over, the key is to start by being an example. So as we close our service out today, we're gonna sing a song to end this. But I wanna recap here. Three ways that we can level up. The first one is that we need to be attentive listeners and really engage with people and listen carefully. And I know a lot of times kids want their parents to listen more. But kids, we want you to listen more. So this is a two-way street. We all need to listen more. How are you building each other up? How can you level up in your building up and your encouraging of other people? Parents with kids, kids with parents, adults with each other, young adults, college students, all of us, even if we don't have the gift of encouragement, we are all supposed to be encouragers, to be intentionally thinking about how can we be positive and lift someone else up. And then if you wanna have more influence, if you wanna have more leadership, if you wanna see some of your ideas listened to, the key is to start by being an example in, the, in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Now, as we close here today, there's one other thing I wanna tell you about. And that is that we are launching a new series next week. It's called A Thrill of Hope. And I'm really excited about this one. We're going to look at the hope that we have in Jesus. It's gonna take us through the Christmas season, but here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start by looking at the foundations of the human race. We're gonna look at Old Testament prophecy about hope. We're gonna look at stories of Zechariah and Mary and Simeon and, and through their lens, how they viewed hope, our need for hope our desperate need for hope, and how we have that through Jesus Christ. That means this would be an awesome series to invite friends to who are maybe wondering, what is this Christian thing all about? What is the hope that we have in Jesus? We're gonna explain that over the next few weeks. That's a thrill of hope. Come back next week, we'll launch into that, and that will take us all the way through the end of December. I'm gonna ask everybody here if you would just bow your heads with me so that we can pray. I wanna pray for you, and then we're gonna sing one more awesome song together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your word, the Bible, and how it teaches us and we learn so much from it. It's fun to think about it in terms that are familiar to us like leveling up and to think that there are all these different ways in which we can do better and we can grow in you and you want us to grow up in every way to be like you. We've heard three of those ways today and that's probably enough for today. So I pray that you'd help every single person here, no matter our age, no matter our position, no matter our experience, from the youngest person in the room to the oldest and everything in between. Help us, Lord, to put these things into play, to see where we need to level up in each of these areas, maybe being a better listener, maybe being a better encourager, maybe being a better leader by being an example, or maybe all three. God, help us to live that out this week. We glorify you and we praise you all together today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.